Hello, and welcome to the show Gold Squadron Gays. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows, while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. I'm your other host, Charles Rogers. And Bradley, I hope you're as excited for Andor, this revolutionary show, as I am. You know... Get it? Because it's a show about revolutionaries. It's a good joke. I, I cannot take credit for the joke. Uh, my my Twitter mutual at Liam likes SW is the one who told that joke to me, and I immediately was like, I'm gonna save that. I've been sitting on that for like a month. I'm like, I'm gonna save that. I'm gonna spring it on Bradley during our Android Zero episode. I'm ready for the revolution. Uh, the revolution, as it turns out, will be televised as it should. <laughs> Before we we hop into to Andor, uh, we got a couple of a uh, couple of, of a quick announcements, uh, two in particular that I want to highlight. Firstly, you may have heard it mentioned if you also listen to our friends over at Dark Side Divas, or you listen to our friends over at Jedi's and Jedi. Uh, Hope has also mentioned it there, but I'm starting a new podcast. What? Yes. Or it would be more accurate to say I'm on a new podcast that Ah. is starting. Okay. That it should be dropping here fairly shortly. It is a High Republic era Star Wars tabletop campaign being DM'd by Chris from Dark Side Divas. There are five players who are all fantastic. Myself, Hope Mullinex, our friend from J Guys and Jedi, who was on our Obi-Wan Kenobi episode, Jess from RuPaul's Pod Race, and two lovely folks by the name of Nathan and Colton have also joined us. And we have already recorded the first session. Uh, I'm not sure when it's going to come out, uh, but you can follow it. The Four Light and Dice is the name of the podcast. You can go ahead and follow those social medias if you want to see when those episodes drop. Bradley's not going to cool. listen because I say Star Wars High Republic D&D game and his his eyes gloss over. Well, now, hold on. It, I'm semi-interested only because... The idea of the whole critical role, you know, like D&D on a podcast thing does interest me. I'm just not like, like, I've never listened to Critical Role, but like, I have friends who are like, this is such a good thing. Like, listening to people play D&D is like funny and like fun, apparently. I, I was just in. Bradley to. might listen to the Four Light and Dice podcast. I'm, I, you know what? I'll, I'll give the pilot episode uh, a listen and then I'll report back. And then that way I'll, I'll spam everybody with like, oh, it's so good. Oh my God. You guys need to listen to this podcast. We love vertical integration, <laughs> folks. We love it. No, I'm actually, you know, I was listening to Dark Side Divas today and Chris was kind of talking about it and he made the point and I I also echo his sentiments that with a tabletop game, there's usually a session or, or two where you're kind of figuring out if it's going to work. Uh, and this is one of those groups where we all immediately knew the tone we were going for. Right. We all immediately knew what it was great. It was hilarious. I have not listened to the episodes yet. Although one of them has been dropped in the shared group folder. So Thanks. I'm going to be listening to that after this. But keep keep an ear out okay. to your podcatcher for that podcast coming out soon. Nice. Yeah, I, I like the idea of a Star Wars D&D. That, to me, that sounds more interesting because I've never played D&D at all. Yeah, but playing, the idea of doing a Star Wars one is interesting. We're playing on like a five, I am told, because I'm not a big D&D guy, it is a 5e rules that has been modified for star wars cool and it's like an open source thing that you can go and 
and grab. But that's the first announcement. The second announcement before we hop into Android Zero is that if you are not following our Instagram account, Bradley and I have been going live on Instagram. We've been testing out the live feature on that and we really like it. So we will be doing more Instagram lives. We did one that was just us and we did one with Chris from Darkside Divas hopped on to help us test out a multi-person. You can view those lives on our Instagram account at Gold Squadron Gaze, and you can uh, follow that Instagram account to get notified when we do go live. We'll go live for things that like don't get their own episodes. So the one we went on, we went on, we talked about D23. Right. We wouldn't give its own episode to, but we do want to talk about and engage with the community about that. So Exactly. And I like the idea of doing lives instead of doing a full episode on those things because necessarily those wouldn't go, like, I don't necessarily want to edit, you know, a, <laughs> there a it podcast. Is. There um, it is. Little bastards about talking about D23. But it was fun to just off the cuff talk about D23 with Chris and then just be like, oh, it's on our socials. If you guys want to listen to the whole thing, it's there. You don't even have to, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of a great way to maybe get more people to follow us on Instagram or something. Like it's a bonus episode, if you will. Um, it's, so, it, let's yeah. be, now let's be fair. The reason we're on Instagram is because TikTok's rules for going live are fucking ridiculous. This is true. Had we not had that hurdle, we would have done this on TikTok which would have been better. I mean, just from an engagement kind of point of view, I would have liked that more, but we're still a little under on the viewership for two accounts to be able to do TikTok, but whatever, that's fine. We'll get there. I'm, wor- I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yeah. So if you we'll can follow there. Charles's uh, TikTok, just so we can get his up to at least a yeah, thousand and then we'll be good. If you want to talk, if you want to hear me talk about to three of my friends about Mass Effect, which is what I'm presently doing on that TikTok. There you go. At CWRoger6. It's the same as my Twitter. Uh, but yes, do follow our Instagram at Gold Squadron Gaze to hear us talk about uh, any announcements, anything we feel like going live. Uh, Brian from Pink Milk and Steph and Chris at Divas Unleashed. We see what you've been doing and we've been liking it. But another thing you might hear us talk about is uh, the upcoming show Andor. Uh, yes. Bringing that back around. How's that for a segue, Bradley? It was pretty good. I Sorry. love it when you do. I love it when you can just lube a segue up and then just slide right in. She <laughs> is actively frozen. Speaking of Diego Luna. Um, Speaking of Diego Luna. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, wow. I I thought I I had the worst intro, but you just brought it around again. Yeah. At time of recording, it is uh, September 13th. And if you are just joining us, uh, the way we do upcoming lead-ups to promotion is I know basically everything. I've read all the leaks. I've read anything that's come out. I am I am elbow deep in the ecosystem. Uh, Bradley is not on Star Wars Twitter uh, and does not know these things. And so he limits himself purely to the promotional material. So he, I will know things he will not. And he will be coming to us the perspective of someone who has only seen the posters and the trailers. Exactly. And I would say that that's limiting, but I feel like this time around, uh, we were fed pretty well with trailers and spots and things of that nature. Uh, Because according to my count, I have about five different pieces of media videos posted to YouTube, at least. And then that doesn't even include the nine minute uh, featurette slash sneak peek that was posted to Disney Plus. So that's that's quite a lot of content for one Star Wars show to show us when the pa- in the past we haven't gotten that many things. 
they're just usually i think it was was the book of boba it was just like they kept posting new trailers but they were all like 30 second trailers that were just like re-edited it was the same thing yeah and yeah. book of boba like they couldn't it only had to be stuff from like the first two episodes that they were posting right. which is very limiting because none of the interesting things happen really in <laughs> book of boba right episodes one and two like the interesting stuff starts happening like about halfway through or they couldn't show any of it because they didn't want to reveal the twist and or they are showing us a lot about the show comparatively to some of the others like unlike mandalorian we we sort of basically know what andor is going to be about and i think part of it is because you know a lot of the basics of Cassie and Andor's life have already been talked about in reference books and novelizations and things. So some of it we kind of already knew. Now, I watched the world debut trailer at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. I was in the room when they they premiered it, which is a very exciting experience. I also got to see the world premiere of the first Andor Lego set. I mean, what do you think of the look of the trailers, Bradley? Because it's very, it's different than a lot of the Star Wars we've seen before. Yeah, um, I think that's the one thing, uh, you know, when we've first got this show announced i think i i have said on record you know i was not even remotely like this is not something that was on my radar did not care i was like okay another rogue one thing right even though rogue one's one of my favorite movies i was oh, still great. the bitches of... love rogue one they don't complain about it on twitter the way they complain about the sequels let's shove out a rogue one show right to capitalize this is also when they did those like slew of announcements it was like everybody gets a show you get a show you get a show you get a show you get a show yeah. and it's like right. really you picked you picked cassie and andor like it seemed random he's a good character but that is random and now that we we know more of like what is the show about it's like oh yeah no that that makes sense because it's it's a different side of the rebellion than we've seen before and what i like about this or at least from what i've seen from the trailers it's giving like born ultimatum meets like james bond like it you know just in space like and it's well i guess it would be be born ultimatum because i'm pretty sure in one of the trailers it says from the director of or the producer of born ultimatum <laughs> it is it is very the born identity crossed with like house of cards which they did get some of the right hmm. at least one writer from house of cards is writing this oh okay uh so there you go in space which it's my Imperial Senate show that I've always wanted. I, yeah, we've always said like we want like, a, I mean, I know it sounds so boring to say like we want an Imperial Senate, you know, show where it's all about politics and blah, 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 blah. But honestly, now that we're getting it or it seems like we're getting it, it looks like like scary good like in the sense that like ooh, these people are going to be vicious you know in the senate aspect they may not be like you know physically uh scary like in past star wars projects where people are like very you know like in mando and boba where everybody's like very like muscle strong where you have you like know, characters like black chrysanthemum who's right very like physical characters Wookie, and yeah you have the you know armies of pikes and their massive scorpionic droids in book of boba right. or you have like the dark troopers and it doesn't yeah it doesn't seem like the villains it seems like the villain in andor from the trailers is the system that the vi the, the villains here are both the system and the damage to the characters living in the system and how they have to reconcile with that in order to become the people they are in Rogue One. Which is why I think it's such an interesting choice to pair Cassian Andor up with Mon Mothma of which all people. Like, yeah, the exact opposite of what you would think. Which, first of all, is fucking Christmas for me. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's all you're, my Christmas. you're eating very I'm well. I'm fucking obsessed with Mon Mothma. Well, 
she's kind of a blah character in Legends. She's not very interesting in Legends. The most interesting thing she does in Legends is have a son who dies. That is like basically the most interesting thing she does. And then like even her big moment in the Thrawn trilogy where she cedes control of the Coruscant defenses over to Garnbel Iblis. Spoilers for the Legends Thrawn series, I guess. Even that is she doesn't make any development as a character in that it's mainly she proves to him that she is not as bad of a person as Garm thought she was. Canon has been doing a lot more with the character thus far. We've got uh, Secret Cargo. Uh, she gets paired up with Leia a lot for scenes around Return of the Jedi. There's some great scenes with her in Moving Target. I just read Princess and the Scoundrel, which hot take about Princess and the Scoundrel. It is a book that I left with a very positive feeling of, but didn't enjoy reading very much. But the bits I did enjoy reading were the bits during Leia's wedding, where Mon Mothma finally acknowledges uh, her 30-year friendship with Bale Organa and Brea Organa, and this never gets brought up anywhere. Hmm. Uh, and we've also got Contingency Plan, which is, I won't spoil it, uh, but let's just say it's it's where she was during the Battle of Yavin and like really gets into her thought process as a leader. But we haven't gotten a lot of Mon Mothma content that explores her as a character. And this is really going to dive into her as a character. And I absolutely love that. I love that she's going to have to reconcile like who she is as a woman with who she is as a senator, with who she is as someone who's trying to do the right thing. And, mm, I am so ready. I am so ready. And I need to find out if uh, if if I'm going to be watching whoever her husband turns out to be with the dagger behind my back. If he turns out to be like some super loyalist imperial sen- like imperial sympathizer, That'd be a really interesting angle, but also I would hate him so much. I could see them doing something like that. I could, I could see them doing something like she secretly, you know, has her own agenda and then is she has trying to hide to, it. Even she's to hide her, her true yeah. nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, that's where they're going with this. You know who her husband is? I don't. We don't know anything about her husband except the fact that he exists and he is a man. Oh, how do you know she has a husband? So this got dropped. Are you just? I told you about this, Bradley. I don't know. I, you know, I don't listen to half the things. So uh, that's fair. It was revealed (laughs) in an interview. Uh, She mentioned being married uh, since she was 16. She got married at 16. And uh, the current reigning theory is there's a bit in the Rogue One novelization that talks about at 15, she left the the junior senator program Mm -hmm. for a year uh, to have like a like whirlwind romance and then was like thinking about being a historian and then eventually went back and the theory is that's the person she's married to but we we don't know she just mentioned an interview being married and then uh later somebody mentioned that it's a husband okay she's married to interesting so i guess yeah that must play some kind of part in the show because she they wouldn't bring that up randomly if that wasn't like no they but we don't know anything we 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 haven't seen him in the trailers we don't know who this guy is okay so he's unrelated to the Skarsgård character unrelated to luther luther rail is is still in Skarsgård's character who we know very little about Right. Like as a character, like even those of us with our finger on the press pulse know very little about the character, which I guess makes sense. We see him meeting with uh, Cassie Nandor. We see him meeting mm-hmm. with Mon Mothma. And then uh, we see him meeting with a third person. Darth who Bane. We see I'm him. just kidding. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, meeting with Saul fucking Guerrera. Oh, Saul Guerrera. Right, right, right. Yeah, because. with Saul Guerrera. 
so when we when we first got the first couple of trailers, you know, obviously it it was very obvious that it was, you know, the story is about Cassian and the story is about Mon Mothma. And then as these trailers started to come out more, like we're seeing a lot of this Luth Luthien. Is that how you say it? I thought it was Luther. I think Luthen? it's Luthien. Let me double check. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Luthen. You know what I mean? Luthen. Is it Luthen? Okay. So this the Luthen character. up for the episode. It's he Luthen seems to, Rail, not Luthen they seem to be Rail. Push, they seem to be pushing him more in these trailers to be more prominent, especially because the first clip that they released of the show is called Steal from the Empire, which features him and Cassian talking, you know, about his stove. It's They say it in the trailer or whatever. He's like, they're fat and happy or blah, blah, blah. He's talking about the Empire. We get our shot of Kyburn right, from... There. Uh, from from uh, the Game of Thrones show is here playing a science officer. Um, yeah, it just seems like he's being pushed more heavily um, in the show. And I'm, I'm especially since he was the focus of the special look that they posted to Disney Plus, which is that entire scene uh, that they posted a one minute clip of where he talks to Cassian. He's either going to play some kind of the guy, not the guy who starts the revolution but you know like clearly he's like one of the first people to kind of be involved in it and then possibly a father-like figure to cassian that um, motherfucker's gonna die i mean yeah it doesn't bode well for that him. motherfucker's gonna die it doesn't bode well for him to last for the entire show that motherfucker's gonna die yep because you gotta make room for k2so in season two so we gotta get rid of a, a male Listen, figure at some point we know what happens with uh <laughs> mentor figures in the star wars universe right yeah we uh i want to put a pen in the k2so thing because i want to come back to that but we do know you may not know bradley because of the you know you haven't been keeping your finger on the pulse of the press or you've just been waiting for me to tell you which of these people is playing a lady villain which I can tell you it's, yes. it's Denise Gaw. Is, is that the blonde? Her. It's the blonde. The blonde officer looking character. Um, yes, is okay. is playing a character called Deidre Miro. And I that do, character do, do you like that? is apparently an Imperial uh, lady villain. I love a good Imperial lady villain. So there's, Although there's our... they've tricked us before with Imperial lady villains. So that is true. We don't know. I mean, theoretically, she could be a double double agent for all we know. That is true. It's like the last no, one, no. honestly. Um, no, I think just there was something about her that reads like, nah, she's probably going to be a real villain. Like, I feel it. I, I can feel I, it. She, she has that villain air to her in the trailers. Right. Now, to be fair, we could have been very biased on the last one because, you know, you're such a big fan of Indira Pharma and don't know if that like colored your view of her being like, well... She's evil, but we still care about her. But then she turns out not to be evil at all. So it's okay. I was like, I still stand. <laughs> right, I, you am, still stand I am no such what. a big Indira Varma fan that I was going to like, uh, I was going to like Tala Durith no matter what. Luckily, um, she turned out to be my exact yeah. favorite type of character, which is someone dealing with guilt from their past and looking for redemption. And like, I want that injected directly into my veins, which is exactly why I look at the Cassian Andor character and I'm like, yes. Yeah. Give me this. I do like Give me this. this directly into my face. Uh, we do know, we know a little about Kyle Soler's character uh, named Cyril. Uh, we okay. know that he's also playing a villain. Is he uh, the cop looking one? He's the cop looking. He's the cop looking twink. The hot one. Yeah. Okay, cool. 
The other one is Sergeant Caustic, who's being played by Alex Ferns. We're just glossing over these actors because we'll get to right. them when they show up in the show. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't want to get too deep in there. Kyle know, Soller's things, The Twink. The Twink. Yes. Okay, cool. The I do, by the way, I'll just say it now because I don't think it'll be relevant when we watch the episode. The outfits, the navy and orange police uniforms or whatever they are, the security outfits, whatever, they look really good. Like the costumes. All of the costumes look, oh my God, every single fucking outfit we have seen Mon Mothma in is a slay. Uh, Every are they are they making her the one. are they making her the new Padme because like I'm here for it. She's like, canonically <laughs> friends with Padme. She's in their voting block. Oh my gosh, she probably is the one who inspired her to wear all these outfits. Probably the other <laughs> way around. Oh well, there you go. Shandrillin, <laughs> like Shandrillin, anything that we've seen in the past uh, mm-hmm. is very. I don't want to say simple because it gives the wrong impression. It's not as ornate as the Nabu. It's more in terms of Alderaan, like okay. in terms of it likes the the outfits that we've seen that are a lot of like cloth, folded cloth, the kind of big cloth swaths that come down around her, whereas Naboo is more ornate. But some of the outfits, the fucking orange like gown from the first trailer that Mon Mothma is wearing. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Pull it up so I can visually see. Yeah, the orange one. She, I mean, honestly... All of her outfits look really good, but that's the, that's the first right. time we've ever seen her not in white, and it is absolutely stunning. I do love it. I do absolutely love that she has these stunning. gowns, and they're pretty. And then there's also like the ones where she's wearing like a, a like a collared kind of looking outfit that's like blue. I think she's like addressing the uh, empire or whatever. Like she's in yeah, like I'm, a, I'm looking at the exact shot now, and yeah, she's got like a blue and white deal going on. Yeah, it's very royal looking. I like it. It's, she's addressing the Imperial Senate, which oh my god, the Imperial Senate. <laughs> We're oh, getting that the shot. On the shot of the Imperial Senate from uh, that I sent you and from the trailer where it shows the Empire logo and the floor. And they you're put just the like, Imperial cog in the floor of the so Senate. So good. It looks so good. You're like, oh god damn, this is gonna be like crazy. And I think it's it's interesting the contrast between what we see of the Cassian Andor stuff, which is very dirty, very run down. Mm, yeah. Uh, very like beneath the Emperor's boot heel, contrasted with the pristine, clean Every room we've seen Mon Mothma in has been like stunningly good architecture. Mm-hmm. Very elaborate. Yeah. Clean, pristine, beautiful views of Coruscant. It's just the contrast between the two is going to be so interesting as the show moves forward. I was, I was just going to mention Adria or Jana's character. Uh, oh, yeah, is, yeah. Is that the other um, one they keep showing in the trailer? The, the other one the... they keep showing is named Bix Caldeen. Former like love interest of Cassian's. I was gonna say they, based they on the poster. Uh, I they was looking at the thing, poster, yeah, and I was apparently. like, it look, it looks like based on the poster, she is the fourth largest character on the poster. So I'm assuming that's why she's important. Um, she's going to be a big deal. <laughs> we don't know enough about her for me to like comment on her yet, but yeah, uh, she is there. So do we think those are like flashbacks? No, I think this is all happening simultaneously. Okay. Uh, I think we're going to go, we may go back as far as the Clone Wars, though, because we see clone troopers in the trailers. And don't we see him as a kid in the trailer, too? So I, I have heard that that is not him as a kid. Oh, it's not him. Yeah, I've heard that's not him. Wrong of them, because in the trailer, they, he's like, I've been fighting this fight ever since I was young or something like that. And then, like, they show the kid. Like, and so it's like, 
Yeah, How's I tried to pull up. I tried to pull up the Imperial Cog shot and accidentally played the trailer. And because of the way my headphones are right now, I desperately need to get new ones. It like blasted in my ears, and I'm like, right. my ears are ringing now. I do uh, love that because I was scrolling through the the second trailer. There's supposed to be like 150 named or 150 speaking roles in the first season of Andor. Lots of officers, I would imagine. I would imagine it's a lot of officers, senators, villagers. That's what I'm getting. I'm getting the sense of like any kind of person of the week, you know, like or group of the week that we're helping kind of thing. Like, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Um, They may do a House of the Dragon thing where they're it's the first year, but we're skipping like weeks or months between episodes. You know, I think so, because at D23, Kathleen Kennedy said uh, it was the first or the show is taking place over the course of five years. So and that's over two seasons. So right. And originally they said five seasons. So giving a season a year. And then Tony Gilroy and Diego Luna were like, um, actually, we don't want to do the D&D Game of Thrones thing of signing up for a show for more years than we actually want to do it. Right. Uh, let's just tell this story in two seasons. Get in, get out, tell the story we want. Exactly. Don't like give don't it a crazy. stupid amount of filler. Well, yeah, because then then the show becomes bad. Because at that point, then you're, you're like, just dragging it out. Right. You're like, how many times can he really get in trouble with the Empire before getting caught? How many times can he really do all this stuff? You know what I mean? And then it gets annoying and unbelievable. And you're like, okay, forget it. So Which, I'm fine with the time jumping, at least for now. I'm fine with them only having two seasons because there's people who are like, oh, I want more of Cassian Andor. And I get that, but not at the expense of the story or the creators. If the creators right. say, we have the story we want to tell, we thought it would take five seasons, we reanalyzed, it's really just going to take two, we're going to do two. One season to set it up, and then we know who all the characters are, and we can just blow through the last couple of years. I I'm do. Okay I, I appreciate that, especially because it lets us know, like, they have a plan. Like, there's not, like, they're not making it up as they go. Like, there's clearly a set. John Favreau. Yeah. Like who has openly admitted that he makes up <laughs> the Mandalorian as he Which goes works along. for that show because it's more it's episodic, episodic. And they're right. not trying to get to a specific point. Now they, it feels like they are with the third season, but with this. Now first, they've figured out, like. Yeah, now they've kind of figured it out, but. You're right. This seems definitely like, no, this is a serial show through and through. Like we know there is a beginning, a middle and end to this show. And we're only going to be getting the first half, you know, and maybe a yeah, little bit. It's of like a good two part. act play. Yeah. I love it. I do want to point out something in the, the Imperial Senate shot because I was just sort of scrolling through the official trailer, one mm-hmm. of the trailers and the shot where Mon, you see the front of her Senate outfit with the blue over the white. Yeah. Um, I noticed something about the background of this shot and all the other senators. What trailer is this? This is uh, the one that came out on August 1st. Okay, so, so I'm the on one it right now. So came out a month see. ago. Uh, scroll to time code 147. Okay, 140. It's a shot of Mon Mothma and her Imperial Senate branded pod. Okay, got it. Do you notice something about all the senators in the background? What, that they're white? I'm just kidding. <laughs> they're not all white, but you're super close. Okay. Same um, spirit. I was going to say that was a joke, but... um. Actually, now, non-jokingly, yeah, I don't see a lot of, well, I don't really see a lot of aliens. There's um, no aliens. Yeah, I don't see any. There's no uh, well, aliens. I, at least I can't tell there's no aliens. There's no aliens. Yeah, they've, they've like, racially, like, drawn lines in the Senate, and it looks like only humans are senators now. Well, especially in that party scene right after, too, because you kind of look at the party afterwards, and you're like, mm, there's not a lot of 
alien people. There looks to be all human or human people. There's like one alien that I can see when she's chatting with the guy. Yeah, which is not a lot. (laughs) So... I, um, I didn't notice because like in the prequel era, you had aliens representing planets that are generally populated by aliens. But it looks like places like Mon Cala, maybe even Pantora. What happened to Rio Chuchi? The people demand to know. But it looks like they've replaced them with humans. Yeah, which is also another dynamic aspect of the show that I'm like, are they going to delve into more of this? Like, are we going to see clear racism against, you know, non-humanoid species? Like, is it going to be very like, oh, things have changed very quickly in the Senate? Yes, it's this seems like a very political show, which I'm I'm very excited I'm down for. for it. I'm very down for it. I'm like, yes, yes, make points, make your points clearly. I do love it. Oh, I noticed uh in this trailer there's also another character, uh, another female character um that's very briefly shown, but she's almost in every trailer. She's wearing like a red outfit and she's walking down a hall. So there's two two other characters that we know about that we haven't mentioned. One is Vel Sartha, who you're talking about it now. We don't know anything about her. Right. We know nothing about her. The other is Fiona Shaw is in these trailers. Now, do you know what Fiona Shaw's character's name is, Bradley? The robot. He's not the robot. <laughs> Although we would be remiss if we didn't mention. Yeah, we didn't uh, talk about him. BMO. BMO. <laughs> I guess this is what we'll have to call him because I don't know. Like it might B3... be too hard to say the whole thing. B3EMO is is the actual, but it, it's BMO. It's BMO. But it's BMO. It's BMO. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who Fiona Shaw's character's name is, what that name is. If you don't know it, I'm not going to tell you. Okay. Oh, she's the older woman. Yes. Okay. Um, I don't know who she is, but I recognize her from Harry Potter. Is that what she's from? Fiona Shaw. She was in Killing Eve. Nope, didn't see that. Uh, let me let me look. Yeah, no, yeah, she she's from Harry in... Potter. She plays as Aunt Petunia. Oh, interesting. Uh, Aunt fuck Petunia. JK, fuck J.K. Rowling. Right, but that's where I recognized her from. Fuck I was like, JK where did Rowling, I know her but from? She is in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Okay. Well, we won't go into that. But okay, cool. So I, you, I might you not enjoy any time that I can publicly say fuck J.K. Rowling on the internet. So, um, but you know who this character is? I do know who this character is. Uh, it's on the IMDb page. Oh, I see it now. But okay, um, only because I was looking at her picture. Uh, so spoiler. I know who it is now. Um, interesting. We, we, won't, we won't spoil it for our audience. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's leave it a secret. Who she's actually episode. playing in yeah, the show. Yeah, that's, that's so cool um, and odd. Not, I guess, not a surprise, but also I should have known. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, again, we will get to these these people's action credits when we actually get right, to the right, episode. right. Uh, there is yes. one thing I definitely wanted to make sure I brought up, uh, which is the so there's there's some mild concerns, uh, essentially like from me the degree to which they may be they may like overwrite some of the rogue one tie-in material that came before in what way so like the whole thing with k2so remember we put a pen in k2so now we're taking that pen back out okay take the pen out Uh, k2so is is not in this season and there's two primary concerns that i've seen go around one bigger than the other one the k2so story how they met has already been told Uh, it was told in a comic thing is it's not a particularly good comic or a particularly beloved comic now it seems like they know their reference books very well and they know their novelization very well because some of the stuff that's been mentioned like with ferrix uh the planet ferrix and things like that comes from reference books but there is some concern that the show like might decanonize those comics and then my concern is so how well do you remember the plot of rebels bradley oh god okay i mean i feel like i I know it enough. I might have to rewatch it before I watch Ahsoka, but uh... go go rewatch the episode Secret Cargo. Okay. 
Because Secret Cargo is the moment where Mon Mothma leaves the Imperial Senate. Something happens called the Gorman Massacre. We don't know what the Gorman Massacre is, so it's possible we may see it in Andor. Okay. But something happens called the Gorman Massacre. And the Empire tries to shift blame for that. And Mon Mothma goes on live TV, publicly denounces the Emperor and names him responsible. Mm. uh, And then says that she's leaving the Senate and then fucking run, books it. This is about Rebels is, I want to say, the main show is five years before it. It's five. It starts five years. So this is this is about year two or three or possibly even the end of season one of Andor. Uh, we might either see the Gorman massacre or you know we might see that moment. But also the concern is like, make sure that we acknowledge that that's the moment where she leaves the Senate. I'm vaguely concerned that like, Mm. uh, because it's such a good episode and it's such an important moment in her development. And I want to make sure that like, I'm a little twitchy about that. Bad Batch has me super twitchy. And then if what we're hearing about Tales of the Jedi is accurate, that's also making me super twitchy. You know, I think you you've said it really well early on that, you know, Star Wars. Apology, not not history. Right. It's not all 100% going to line up. I can make my peace with it. I can still be moderately concerned. And you can also enjoy the both media and embrace the part of the story that you want to embrace, right? That's what I like to tell people is that if you don't like Rebels, the cartoon, it doesn't have to exist in your mind because the movies do whatever they want to do and the TV shows do whatever they want to do. Yes, they respect the other media to an extent, but like... You you can't... You can't go so far as to say, like, this is not canon at all. Mm -hmm. But I think it is reasonable to say... I I don't really think about this. I don't really talk about this. I don't rewatch this. As a practical matter, I prefer to focus on the Star Wars that I like to focus on and just ignore the rest. And well, I if guess you want to watch the six movies and say that's the entire canonical story. The original six movies say that's the entire canonical story. That is a okay. But to be like, no, I don't like the last three, and so they don't exist to me. That's where we start running into problems. It's when you start policing other people's enjoyment of the franchise that we start. No, to have definitely. A I think everybody should police their own canon. Like you shouldn't ever say like, oh, your canon doesn't count because my canon is the real canon and that canon is the real canon and blah, 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 blah. But like, for example, like if you just watch the movies and that's you to you, that's all your Star Wars, then that's fine. Because like for some people, they're like, oh yeah, Darth Maul died in the first, spoiler alert, uh, Darth Maul dies in the first movie. And then if you only watch the movies, he's dead in the first movie. That's it. He never comes back. He never comes back twice. He never like, you know, whatever. Like it's like some people don't, quite understand that and it's and that's totally fine i think for us or other people who really enjoy all the media you know you get your star wars enhanced by liking more than one thing because you're like oh well if you watch the cartoons you get to see that hey he doesn't actually die in the first one he survived and da 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 he does all this stuff that leads up to this very epic moment at the very end of clone wars where he and ahsoka fight and blah blah blah, blah. you know like all kinds of stuff like so i think those people are just missing out but if you don't want to you don't have to. And I think with this, like if yes, if there is a scene that is similar to that scene in Rebels, then maybe it might contradict a little bit. But I don't know. I think 
I, I I'll give them the benefit of the doubt right now because I feel like the I assume someone asked someone at Lucasfilm about giant pivotal moments and they're not right. just gonna like I have a feeling we are probably not gonna see Galen Urso in this show. No, oh god, no, yeah, I don't think so. Because those stories have kind of been told elsewhere. Right. I have a feeling we're not gonna see Jen Urso in this show because I don't think so. Rebel either. Rising is there, it's already been told. The only real issue of concern is the the K2SO comic that they had already mm. done, but it'll well, be interesting to see. I, I might just be working myself up for nothing. Thing. The shows have always done an excellent job of being able to kind of fit together if you squint, which I think is all they really need to do. I was just got I got vaguely concerned because Tony Gilroy basically said, I don't know. I'm not like a Star Wars expert or anything. You know, I don't like know everything about everything that's not Andor, which I'm assuming what he means is I know everything about the Rogue One and Andor people. And I've talked to the story group about that, but I don't. I don't know about fucking random clone trooper X3 from episode 27 of the Clone Wars, like, right. which I get, I get that. But a lot of this is we're just going to have to wait and see what happens if the show comes out. Well, I, I don't know. I'm very excited. Um, I, I'm sad K2SO is not in this season. If they do what I think they're going to do, which is, you know, sneak him in at the, the very end and be like, look, he's coming or like, he's like here or they'll do, you know, one of those bullshit post-credit scenes where like we see his foot step forward or something. Oh my God. Um, You know, or his voice or something. I kind of low-key fucking hate that, that they have post-credit scenes and, in the Mandalorian and yeah. Bad Batch and Book of Boba, like <sighs> that's a conversation for another day. It's a conversation yeah. for another day. Let me ask you this as, as sort of our final, if you had to, we've talked about cameos on the show before, how uh, I yes. don't really like cameos for the sake of a cameo, that I need the person to have a reason to be there, that they're not just showing up. I would take issue if Darth Vader showed up in Andor. Absolutely. Because he has no reason to be there. Absolutely. None zero reason to be there let me ask you this what's one character that we haven't seen in the trailers and that we don't know that you would want to see in this show oh you're gonna hate me for this if you say asajj ventress i i will bradley i won't say an undetermined number of days i will physically be in the same room as you i will fist fight (laughs) you I will no, win. I won't say Asajj Ventress. That's too lightsabery slash Jedi stuff. I think this show is very anti that. Um, this is going to be one of the, if not aside from Solo, I think this is going to be the other media that will not show any lightsabers whatsoever. In that regard, I think an interesting person to show up who would make sense, at least from an Empire expect, uh, oh, no. perspective, would be, I know they're going to save it, for Ahsoka, but I feel like Thrawn would show up in this show. God damn it. How did I know you were going to say that? Because with Thrawn comes Eli Vanto. And exactly. you just want to see Thrawn and Eli Vanto on screen. And it kind of would work. I hate that you're right. I think this is the, if you're going to introduce them in the show, like a soft launch, this could be it. Think about it. I hate that so much. Because if you, if for I those out there who have read right the books, about that. like, you know, there's all this time period in the books that we don't necessarily know. They jump years very often. In the I'm book, so proud though. of you pulling out a, if you read the books. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. We've come so far since we started this podcast. So riddle me this, uh, Mr. Wikipedia expert. What is Thrawn doing at this moment in time? 
Great question. Let's is find this fe- out. is this a feasible Easter egg slash cameo? Is does am I just like making pulling this out of my Ewok ass? Like, what is the you know, or is this like feasible? Like, does this make sense? You did a good question. Let's find it. Does at least as far as I can tell, rolls up in two BBY. Oh, okay. So the events of Rebels. I need to correct myself again. The events of Rebels are occurring. Um, three years before the events of A New Hope. So that would be right in the middle of season, the events of Rebels begin. Uh, let's see when first contact with Ron was made. Uh, I, it should work. Okay. It should work. I, so, I can't really tell the exact year that he was found. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm recorrecting myself. It is. This is my final definitive correcting myself for this. So the events of Rebels season one and Andor are apparently taking place uh, kind of simultaneously. They're occurring in the same year. Season one of Rebels and season one of Andor. Are occurring in the same year. Okay. So I'll raise you a Thrawn and then I'll uh, call. Hang on, I'm, uh, I'm absolutely obsessed with finding out when the Thrawn novel starts again. Yeah, the Thrawn novel starts in 15 BBY. So he is well into his Imperial career. He is a Grand Admiral by now. Okay, so. Or I sorry, think, he's an Admiral by now. Got it. I don't know if he's a Grand Admiral yet. So anyway, I, I think he would be interesting if he showed up maybe minimally i don't want him to like take over the show but it would be interesting to introduce him or have him in there somebody who maybe is like maybe lower key might be like arinda price or um i was uh, gonna say briarly ronan that would work too briarly ronan shows up he would be interesting um i also think uh not fulcrum what's his name um or he becomes fulcrum what's his name agent um, alexander callus callus has been brought up a lot as someone who i feel like show he up. could be a pretty good one to show here yeah, um, particularly since he is ISB and the villains of this are ISB. But right. you know who is also ISB and my choice for the person that I would like to see? Speaking of Briley Ronan, uh, I would like to see Orson Krennic. Oh, really? It makes sense. He's ISB. It's a prequel to Rogue One. He's a self-important piece of shit who would definitely like involve himself with someone like Mon Mothma or the Senate trying to drum up his own rising support yeah i don't know i think and yeah there's a lot of people that you think that you could just do i mean i mean if you really want to go out there out there why not tarkin why not show throw him in there like throw him in the mix that is also a good idea we know that he's he meets with senators occasionally he's chilling here you know one person who i think we won't see we are not going to see palpatine no i don't think so we're not going to see palpatine at all no he's going to be i think the way they're going to play this is like he is this not mysterious but he's the like always in the dark like you're never gonna hear from him you just have all of his other people do things for him so you never visually Very, see him. remember we talked about in rogue one the movie how he permeates the entire movie without ever being present i think it's going to work something like that similar although we may see masameda mm, okay we may see masameda the grand vizier what about the bald lady? Is she did she die before this all happened? Slymore? No, she's still alive. And I know this because she is active in the current run of Star Wars comics. So if so, we see her pregnant, then we'll know. Jesus. That's it. <laughs> you know, if you read Shadow of the Sith, 
and the revenge uh, the rise of skywalker novelization you would you would know how that worked right so Although palpatine is, never in legends in legends she is a candidate to be the mother of palpatine's son in legends because yes that uh, was also a thing right in legends uh shout out to the glove of darth vader for existing and being fun, absolutely batshit fun fact i had one of those books as a kid oh my god which one it was literally called the glove of Darth Vader or something. You had like the first all, one. It was the first one. You had the but first one. I had, the I had first no two. idea what was going on in the book. Like I read it and I, that was it. I never read anything else after that. Like I just read that one book. So like I have like weird knowledge about that one random ass book. The the Death Star debris created wormholes. And so the wreckage is on Mon Cala for some reason. Sure. There are also prophets of the dark side who bid each other dark greetings and have their dark space station with their dark robes walk around with their dark prophecies fucking love that series it is so fucking batshit wild and the java's father shows up uh and then like the main bad guy tries to marry a robot leia who zaps him with laser eyes like on the next episode of star wars <laughs> what if uh stay tuned for our uh six-part review of the uh glove of darth vader series coming yeah no yeah no that's never gonna happen um anyway final thoughts um uh, looking forward to andor um also looking forward to fist fighting you in a denny's parking lot oh my god so Preface for all the people listening. So because Andor is dropping all three episodes, first three episodes yeah, let's of talk this about show, the schedule. please bear with us uh, in <laughs> releasing them. I will try to get them all out as soon as possible as we will try to record them as soon as possible because I want, I don't want to get too far behind as the show comes out. It may end up being like a two per week situation till we catch up, or I might try to do them all three at the same time. We'll see. I, it just depends on we are how intensive they are. fucking book it through the yeah. first three episodes. And we are not having guests on for the first three episodes specifically right. because we need to record, edit, check, TikTok and release them very fast. That is going to be an insanely fast pipeline that we're going to be on. Exactly. Um, what are your final thoughts, Bradley, before we head out? Visually, this show is going to be beautiful. I can already tell the music is going to be beautiful um, just from the trailer alone. Um, aside from that, um, I'm excited to meet little Bimo and uh, see what he's all about. They barely have shown him with any characters in the trailer so far. He's always been by himself. So I'm very interested to see like how he fits into this. And then, you know, in season two, will he and K2SO be best friends? Who knows? Like, we'll find out only on- oh, He's going to die tragically, Bradley. What kind of show do you think you're watching? You think you're watching- Do you think happy people end up in the cast of Rogue One? I swear to God, if this they kill this droid, I will murder somebody. And my he's... lawyers are advising me that we're going to stop that sentence right there. Uh, go ahead and run the socials Bradley and we will see you all next week for the massive Andor drop. Bye! Thank you for listening to Gold Squadron Gaze. Did Charles fuck something up? Send us a message at goldsquadrongaze at gmail.com Follow us on Twitter at Gold Squad Gaze. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Gold Squadron Gaze. Subscribe to us on YouTube at Gold Squadron Gaze, where we post the podcast as well as exclusive content. Please join us next week and every week for more of Gold Squadron Gaze.